Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome. You are listening to the Net Worth Podcast, where we talk about all things WTA and handicapping ladies' tennis. Of course, I am joined by the always wonderful Spread Astaire, who's up bright and early this morning in, in sunny Sacramento. How's everything going, Spread? Doing great out here. How are you doing today? Oh, it's a beautiful morning in Philadelphia. October is, is finally here. It's that nice fall weather. Um, I think I woke up, it was like 55, 60 degrees this morning. It's just awesome. I personally love that. It's nice and brisk. It's sweatshirt weather. It's soup weather. As you know, we were talking about with Andy <laughs> yesterday in the chat. Um, it's a wonderful time of year spread. All right. Well, soup season started and the WTA season is finishing. That's wonderful. It's going to give me something to do while we have a little break. But let's dive into last week a little bit. Uh, the first tournament I think we'll talk about here is Hong Kong. And to be honest, yesterday when we were doing some prep work, our plan here was to talk about how amazing and, and incredible of a season um, Kyung Wang um, is having. And, you know, we were looking forward to talking about her final victory. But um, as both of us found out, I think in pretty shocking fashion this morning, um, got pretty much crushed by uh, Diana Yastremska, 6-1, What did you think about that spread? Uh, like you said, we were, I was very surprised. I thought this was a Wang's tournament to win. And I'm, I didn't have time to review the tape, but fortunately this tournament was on WTA TV, so I will be checking it out at some point, um, you know, mixing with some football today because it is Sunday. And uh, very... Uh, very surprised to see it. I, when I see the score originally, I'm chalking this up to fatigue. Um, she's been playing a ton of tennis, and she came off a fantastic semi-final uh, victory against Garbine Muguruza. Uh, you know, where you know six seven, six four, seven five, ton of tennis. Garbine's a tough talent. Um, I'm kind of chalking it up to fatigue, but I'd like to jump into the tape and just see how much Yastremta has really improved because I'll tell you what, last week on the pod, I don't think we even mentioned her as an outright, and I know that I had her losing in the second round to Zai Zai Zhang on my little bracket that I filled out. So for her to step up like this, it's really impressive. So I'll be interested to see, is this just one good week for her? Is she finally turning the corner and she going to make a run at the top 50 here? Super surprised by Yastremska's performance. Um, to be honest, she cost me some money this week. Um, thought that, you know, her Sai Sai Zhang should have taken care of her in the second round. Um, really surprised that she beat Shui Zhang um, to make the semifinals there, you know, beating two pretty good women in China, you know, in the home court, like we talked about the last couple of weeks, you know, having the whole crowd against her um, and being able to come out and win some tough matches, you know, 7 5, 6 4 against Shui Zhang. That's, you know, that's a tight, tight match there um, with the crowd against you that says a lot lot about the advancement of a young player so someone to really look at going forward i'm excited to hear you know what you see when you go back and and watch and break it down and the other um, person i wanted to uh, talk a little bit about you mentioned her uh, garbina mugarusa um, a player with just an outrageous amount of talent but not always out given a hundred percent effort and playing her very best seemed really engaged this week came out you know put a beating on tormo no, no surprise there but you know took that match really seriously put Put a beating on Bogdan, uh, beat Kumkum pretty easily, and then a you know, tough match with with uh, Kiang Wang there. But nice to see her really engaged and playing some good tennis. Definitely, she's always fun for the tour. She has a uh, big game, and uh, she's won some titles before. Very engaging, uh, fun interviews. Um, so she's pretty much everything the WTA is looking for in a star. So to have her playing at top form uh, is good for definitely good for the WTA. Awesome. Looks maybe a little foreshadowing here. We'll be talking about her a little bit later in uh, some of the tournaments coming up this week. But uh, 
let's dive into the next tournament here. Now, I'm sure that you had an absolutely fantastic week spread watching all these matches in Tianjin. I know the time is just really perfect for you West Coasters, and I'm sure that you were up late night watching all these wonderful ladies playing some great tennis. So uh, did you have a great week watching tennis all night? Is, I mean, is this unbelievable or what? So Sunday night, 8 o'clock, first match on. Put a little down on it. Can't remember the match off the top of my head, but it started at 8.30, right when the football games are ending. I'm loving it, right? Going through. And the next thing I realize, WTA does not stream Tianjin this week. So my first match isn't until Hong Kong at midnight. I don't understand why they're not streaming. Um, I've reached out to different reporters. I've, uh, I've got some answers of just I don't know, and some of the big dogs have not answered me yet. And it's weird. I, you know, I know they listen to the podcast, so I don't know why they're not answering back on Twitter. But, yeah, really disappointed in the WT. I'd really like to find out, uh, you know, why they're doing this. And I'm the, the next thing I'd like to find out is when they do switch to Tennis Channel next year, because in my head I'm wondering, like, well, is it supposed to be on BN? And the fact that BN got knocked off my DirecTV, is that why I'm not seeing it? And then if I still had DirecTV on BN, would I be seeing it? Is it exclusive rights to BN? But uh, I hope they get this worked out by next year because it's really disappointing to have a streaming service. And then, I mean, I know they have cameras because the WTA is posting highlights from the tournament. Um, so just very disappointing. And it's kind of a mystery. So also, if any of you guys know, go ahead and reach out to us. I'm at Spreadastare, at Noops. You know, let us know why this is going on. Is it a, uh, you know, we heard uh, one person uh, reached out to me and said they thought that Eurosport had the ex exclusive rights to Lens, uh, which could be true, but it's just weird that here in America where I don't have access to Eurosport that, you know, it would still be blocked out because it's not like me watching on WTA TV would cost Eurosport any money. So anyways, very disappointed in that. I'll have a little less to say about that because unfortunately I was only able to follow. I'm not as good as those streaming sites. I don't, I don't do them. I always end up messing up or I only watch like half the match and it cuts out when I really get into it or they're horrible quality. So I just like to do the legit legal stuff. I'm, I'm willing to pay you guys money, WTA for you know extended package to get these little obscure tournaments i don't care i want to see them though on a nice legal stream you hear that wta spread has money and he wants to give it to you <laughs> what more do we need it's really shocking uh, it's to be honest you know like you mentioned i I'm, i use a, a, a russian streaming site that's very wonderful I'm, i think uh, one of our f smarter friends in the chat was mentioning you know they're probably using my computer to mine bitcoin but fair trade for me um but it is disappointing that, you know, you go out and you're actually trying to do it on the up and up and you're willing to get through to a paid service. And for some reason, um, you know, there's cameras there. You know, if you follow it, like you said, at WTA, there's just a ton of highlights from these tournaments. So someone is there with a camera filming something. So it's outrageous that, that we can't watch it. But let's try to get past that and, uh, and talk about, you know, what was really an entertaining tournament this, this weekend. Uh, we had the final um, early this morning. Caroline Garcia took care of Carolina Pliskova in two sets. Um, a pretty fun match, actually. Um, tight, interesting. Got to see a little bit of it myself, actually, when I woke up in the middle of the night. So um, really good to see Caroline Garcia be able to put it together for that many matches. Uh, super, super talented player, but uh, not always someone who's totally um, got her head screwed on right. But nice to see her get it, get it together and really string together a nice week. Um, what did you see, Spread? Uh, same thing, and this is this was the match. Honestly, of, of the three tournaments, this was the final that kind of had the name recognition that popped off the board that you expect to see. 
as a final. And um, really, Pliskova, she, or Pliskova, she rolled. I mean, she looked great um, going into this. She had only lost um, one set, um, which was a weird 5-7 set to, to Bolter because I remember I was on the under, and then she wins 6-0-6-3 right after that. So that one was kind of um, surprising. She had a little problem in the first round against Lepchenko, but uh, one thing that I'm working on, honestly, is to kind of throw the... Uh, I do like watching the first rounds, but I'm trying not to take too much into the form from the first round uh, due to travel, getting used to the courts, this and that, because I'm noticing a lot of times I'm, I'm, I'm watching these first round matches and I'm kind of taking notes, and then I'm watching the second round matches, and the notes aren't really, uh, you know meeting up at all to watch what I watched in the first round. So one thing that I'm going to work on in uh, 2019 season is going to be uh, taking less uh, stock into the, the, the first round performances. And the reason I'm doing that is I'm chalking it up to the fact that, number one, they're adjusting to travel and time zones a lot of the times. Number two, a lot of these top players, you know, they didn't play the qualifying, so they are not adjusted to the court speed, whereas a lot of times the player that they are playing did qualify, and so they've had two or three matches on that surface. Totally agree, and we'll be looking to be a little more cautious of the first round. You know, you, you see that in a lot of uh, matches, specifically another match like that, and um, it's time for me to be upset. Uh, Arena, the Amazonian warrior, Sabalanka, comes out in the first round, 7-6-4-6-6-0 to beat Sophia Kennan. Um, you know, that could be a little concerning, coming out needing three sets to beat, <coughs> excuse me, a player of that caliber. Then comes out, beats Magdalene at 6-1-6-3. The following round, uh, playing Tamea Bashinsky, who I'm sure is a, a wonderful person and uh, really nice, but not someone who I'm looking to ever really bet on in a tennis match, to be honest. Um, has Sabalenka there in the third round. To be honest, I didn't get up and watch it. Um, went to sleep, parlayed her with some stuff, figured that would just be fine. Got up to find out she loses 7-6, 7-6. Only gets two uh, points in the, in the first tiebreaker and five in the second. Um, just an absolutely shocking loss. I'm guessing, you know, based on how long of a season she's had, that's probably a lot of fatigue driven there. We don't see her in any tournaments this week. Um, but just really disappointing if that's going to be, you know, the period on, on what's been the very good sentence of this year. So hopefully we get to see her maybe in, in one more smaller event. But a disappointing end of the tournament for her. What else did you see this week, Spread? I want to jump in on Sabalenka. Um, first of all, I thought the the splitting the sets with Kennan to me isn't that bad at all. Kennan has done fantastic uh, this year. This, she's really rounded into form late in the year, and I, I wasn't surprised by that at all. Um, and I think that in the Basinski match, it, it highlights the one thing that she needs to work on. And it's funny because most of these players, it's almost like I can just blindly say, oh, they need to work on their serve, especially their second serve. Well, Sabalenka needs to work on her first serve return. And I think that's what happened against Basinski is that a lot of times she just gives away too many free points um, on the first serve. We know she can boom the second serve return. I mean, the, those forehand cross courts, and, you know, if you try and float a little, like, 70-mile-an-hour kick serve, that thing's getting obliterated. But a lot of times I notice that she's just sailing or she's just netting these first serve returns. I don't know if she needs to work on a chip. I don't know what she needs to work on. I know her, her coach, Dmitry Tursanov, will probably work on it with her because I think he's a very good coach and he seems to be doing fantastic work with her so far. But, you know, as we go into the offseason, it's funny. You know, I have a list of, you know, hey, what, you know, and we'll probably actually do a pod on it, you know, of like what we'd like these players to work on. And I'll be honest, most of them are going to say second serve. But for Sabalang, 
Salenka, it's going to have to be return of the first serve. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. We'll be keeping a list of some of the things we look to do better next year. And, you know, like Spread mentioned, please reach out to us on Twitter with your thoughts and your ideas. Um, we'll be definitely looking to do some pods in the offseason uh, just sort of keep a, keep our minds fresh and thinking about these things. So if there is anything that you're interested in that you'd like to hear us talk about, um, you know, any data that I might be able to go through and, and maybe give an answer on or anything from a former player perspective that Spread might be able to help you out with, again, reach out to us on Twitter, you know, at SpreadAstare, at underscore Noops. But uh, definitely disappointing for Sabalenka and hopefully something that she addresses and um, you know gets gets right next year because just an, an, an unbelievable talent someone I'm obviously very excited to keep watching so hopefully we'll get a little more from her um, any other thoughts here on Tianjin? Yeah I want to talk about two retirements that kind of um, threw me for a loop the first one was Elise Mertens because we'll be talking about her going into next week um, she retired against Shway um so definitely be looking into her form uh next week you know that's obviously not very encouraging when you retire but then you, you're playing a tournament next week and the second one was uh, a match that we had mentioned last week on the pod and that was the martich versus garcia match and i said this is going to be a fun test for martich you know it's against a top caliber player she's been playing well this will give us an opportunity to see how well um you know she's really developing is she gonna be able to make the jump and for her to retire and um of course i didn't get to see the whole match but of the highlights i saw it wasn't the same player that we saw you know during this little uh summer swing where she was playing better so kind of disappointed that we didn't really get to get the answers that we wanted um out of the garcia martich match because uh that wasn't the martich that i had seen this year um, moving into it that made me kind of look forward to that match and, and circle it when we were filling out the draws last week. Yeah, disappointing, um, really. Right, So her, her retirement, Elise Mertens, I actually watched a little bit of that Elise Mertens match against Shea. It looked like it was um, you know, kind of a, sh- I can't remember if it was a shoulder or an ankle, um, but you know, p- looked like it popped up during the middle of the match, so we'll definitely keep that in mind as we look towards next week. So. Yeah, let's look into that because uh, in my in my experience, the ankles you can kind of get over uh, fairly quickly and, and be okay the next tournament if it's not too bad. Those shoulder injuries tend to uh, linger and stuff. So um, why don't we look into that and we'll put some information out on Twitter uh, when we find out for sure. But that, but uh, I think that it kind of uh, you know ankle, I, w- I would be a little more. Um, inclined to support her next week, whereas if it's a shoulder, I'm probably just stay away, stay away, stay away. Okay, I, I think I'm definitely within that, and we'll be sure to be picking against her in the first round, possibly. So pay attention to our, our picks as they come out this week, and you can see how we're doing. So I think that just about wraps up Tianjin, and we can dive into Linz, another tournament that you were, I'm sure, excited. Oh no, sorry, you didn't get to watch any of this because again, they didn't. You know, they don't want your money. Um, well, they have my money. They're just not <laughs> giving me my That's service. They have more of your money. That's true. It's, it's pretty sneaky. Yeah, but I said I'm willing to pay for the extended package, okay? The Eurosport package, whatever we need. So we had the final bright and early this morning. Camilla Georgie uh, took care of Ekaterina Alexandrova um, without too much of a problem. I believe the final ended up being 6-3-6-1 or maybe 6-3-6-2. But a uh, pretty impressive tournament here for Camilla Georgie, you know, um, Takes care of Paula Parmentier in the first round. Beats uh, Teichman, who's had a nice last couple months there. A tough match against Gasparian, um, a really young up- upcoming player. Takes care of Van Udvank pretty quickly. Um, so a-, a pretty good win for her. You know, not a ton of super impressive wins there, but nice to see her playing some nice tennis. Um, she really has you know a nice game and seems to 
you know, be serving well and, and be able to return well. So it's nice to see somebody kind of with a nice all-around game like that do well. What did you see in, in, in Linz and um, the little bit that you were able to watch and review? All right. Well, I thought it was a great tournament for Georgie, but you're right. The draw opened up for her. With Stritzkova losing to AVU, I thought AVU was a much better matchup for Georgie. But uh, once again, from the WTA perspective, Georgie is a player that you want to do well. I mean, obviously, she's very easy on the eyes, and she's got a big game, a small girl big game. I mean, it just makes for great TV. Um, she can really whack the ball, and we've talked about it before, but my favorite thing is out of all the women, she doesn't take anything off the second serve. And a lot, uh, I've also read other articles where they're talking about double faults and how a double fault reduces your um, – each double fault should reduce your win expectancy by like 1.2%, but I like that she doesn't mind and that she goes ahead and goes for it. And I, I wonder almost, you know, it's hard to factor in, but the fact that she's not just dinking those second serves in and giving away easy winners, like, um, you know, it'd be interesting to try and, uh, you know, calculate or figure out like how much that helps a win expectancy by not just giving you those little 70-mile-an-hour sitters that we talked about earlier that Sabalenka creams and, you know, makes into the best uh, highlights that, that we've seen in a little bit. But uh, overall, great win for Georgie. That'll be her second win on tour. But this is the type of thing that she needs to do. She needs to start winning these smaller tournaments. It's a bunch of match play for her. And then, um, you know, in the final, the big crowd. Uh, Alexandrova is not someone that I rated going into this. In fact, when I filled out my draw, I had her losing in the first round to uh, Siniakova. So, um, you know, impressive from her. And I'll be interested to see if this is a fluke. In my head right now, I'm kind of just putting this off to as a fluke. It's an international tournament. Not necessarily everyone was trying their best. But I know that Petkovic was. Petkovic was here to win. Um, she needed the points. She flew in for the wild card because she, she said she's trying to up her points to get ready for next year. And um, that was one that, you know, we were really surprised about, you know, Petkovic starts off, wins 6-0 in the first set, right? And you and I are, are trying to figure out what we think the line should be and, you know, what the angle will be for the final. And we're assuming it's going to be a Petkovic-Georgie final, right? And then Alexandrova comes back and wins 6-4, 6-0. Um sandwich. Yeah. Un <laughs> I mean, unbelievable. So uh, that was a fun, fun. And you know what? So... With my Alexandrova, she's going to be the one of the ones people that I'm not going to be wagering on until I have a better idea of her game because I'll tell you what, I didn't rate it this high. And for her to get wins over Siniakova and then Pavlyuchenkova, who's been playing well lately, and then a motivated Petkovic, really not that bad. Then Georgie comes in and smokes her. So, um, But overall, it's, I think it was a good tournament for both women. And that's what these internationals do. You know, like we talked about going into it, you never know what you're going to get out of the top players. So this is an opportunity for these um, players that are a little lower in the rankings to go ahead, pad up their numbers, grab some points, and more importantly, grab some match experience and semifinals in the finals atmosphere. So um, for two young women that made the final, really impressive thing. And, I, you know, it's, I think it would be nice for Georgie to end uh, – 2018 on this note because I think this will be a good springboard for her going into 2019 and boy if she's able to you know keep working and maintain this form uh, she can really make noise of that Absolutely. Australian Open. Yeah, watching her I got to watch the final this morning and a little bit of her match with Van Udvank yesterday um, 
really excited once we get her on some faster surfaces. I'll be curious to see, you know, if she's healthy and in form come time Wimbledon, if, if she might actually win some matches with, with that big serve. And um, Alexandrova, a really interesting tournament. Like you said, you know, good win over Pavla Yuchenkova. I got to watch, you know, the match with Pekovic, and, you know, essentially Pekovic just loses that match. Um, Alexandrova did a really good job of just getting the ball back, keeping it in play, keeping everything in front of her, and letting Pekovic just kind of hit the ball all over the place. Um, you know, the match this morning against Georgie, you know, similar strategy, but Georgie hitting everything in, just really sharp this morning and, and you know, putting a lot of a lot of uh, balls away and just a really nice performance by her. But curious to see if uh, Alexandrova, you know, like you said, a good tournament for her, getting a lot of experience to see what she's able to do going forward. Um, and flipping through, trying to see kind of what else we have to take away from here. Um, Margarita Gasparian, a younger player here, um, you know, goes out, plays Monica Puig, who obviously wasn't in top form, um, 6-2, and then retires. But her match against Kiki Burton's was really, really impressive. Um, wins a tough, tough three-setter, 7-5, seven 2-6, two 7-6. Six, six. You know, so a third-set tiebreaker with a good player like Kiki Burton's to be able to come out and be really competitive and, and actually win in that scenario and then come out and play a tough three-set match against Georgie, you know, the toughest match Georgie really had to play all week. I'm excited to see her going forward. Definitely. Uh, the Gasparian win, the, the impressive thing about that is a lot of times when you have the young up-and-comer against the established star with a player with experience, and when you have the 7-5, um, you know, you win the first one, then the 6-2 for the experienced player. So you're thinking going in the third, okay, she had a great first set, she peaked, but now the experienced player, the what we consider, you know, the more talented, more skilled player is taking over. And for Gasparian to turn around and win 7-6 in the third, I thought that was an excellent performance. Um, and the one other thing I wanted to take about this is I think that Fade Mladenovic, I do not think that is a profitable strategy right now. I think that she's getting back on track. I think that we had a lot of fun with it this year. But like all things, you know, there's value and then people figure it out or, you know, things change and the value is gone. I, th I like the way that Kiki's playing. I think she's getting her serve back in. And uh, I think her problem before was really a lot of unforced errors on the ground stroke. She still has issues with that, but she's, she's dialing it back. And if she can just, if she can dial up that serve and be fairly consistent on the ground, she can cause a problem for, for a lot of players. And I think she can sneak back into the top 20 if she was able to do this. Now, I'm not saying that she's going to, but to just close your eyes and fade clicking Ladenovich, that's not going to make you money anymore. Yeah, I, I was excited to see her win a couple of those matches. I had uh, Tamea Babos against her in that second round. And... Um, surprised to see her win you know get a tough three-set match there so definitely something or something to keep written down and track of as, as we go forward these last couple yeah. of weeks and the one other thing i wanted to jump in on that was um and lynn's played slow too for her for her because that doesn't necessarily fit her side i know she does you know she's comfortable on clay so that doesn't throw her off but the way that her game is constructed is is more constructed for a faster court so for her to play well in a service that necessarily didn't um Accentuate the strengths of her game. I, I just thought it was a good performance. Yeah. Anything else? For, anything else here from this tournament in Linz before we wrap up last week? Um, just that I'd like the WTA to stream 2019 Linz. So again, for everyone listening out there, get on, get on the Twitters, <laughs> get on your phones, write your letters. Let's pound the WTA and get spread some tennis, guys. It's really not fair that he's up, you know, tr nothing to do all night, stuck watching baseball or something silly like that. And there's all this great, great, great tennis. So we'll try to get a, uh, a social media cam campaign going here, spread and get you some tennis. Um, 
But I think that puts a nice bow on last week, and we can dive into two tournaments coming up this week. And we'll start with the tournament in Luxembourg, where we have Julia Gorgeous, the one seed, and uh, Garbinia Muguruza is the two seed. But I think you were kind enough to uh, go through and maybe pull together a little history and preview of the tournament for a spread. So what do you got? All right, so Luxembourg. Um, the interesting thing right now about uh, Luxembourg is it will be the defending Moscow uh, champion um, playing it. So um, I'm, I don't know exactly why um, Julia Gorgas has decided not to uh, defend her title, but she has uh, she decided to play Luxembourg instead this year. So very interesting. So what the difference is here is that Luxembourg is an international, which means it's 280, whereas uh, Moscow is a premier, but it's the they have three tiers of premier. So it's the, the 470, 481. So she's opted to not defend her title, so she'll automatically lose 20, uh, 200 points there even if she wins this tournament. Um, if we're just looking at a quick history of it, um, last year, uh, Karina Withoff beat Monica Puig in the final. The year before that, Monica Nicolescu has beat uh, Kvitova. And just looking through, I've seen that uh, Nicolescu's done well here in the past. It's shocked to hear um, those two names as winners. So, I, um, frankly, bet, a lot, bet against them quite a bit of time. I, I can't believe that uh, you know, Withoff and, and uh, Nicolescu could keep it together for a week to win a tournament. And again, it's not like they beat some big names. You said Kvitova and then... Um, and Puig, so Puig. You know, two pretty solid players there. So that's yeah. interesting. I think, I think a lot of it though is the draw. I think most people do go to Moscow, and so it, it's less travel, um, you know. And it, you know, for the top players that are going to Singapore, it makes no sense to go back to Europe. Um, so I just think that you know, most of the players are in Moscow, and I think that's why you'll see uh, some of these smaller players even. In 2015, it was Masaki Do, and then in 2014, is Annika Beck. <laughs> so, um, you know, not necessarily the biggest uh, name players winning this tournament, and I think it just, uh, I think most of the players are chasing the points of the premier tournament uh, over in Moscow. We'll maybe try to keep, keep actually get a, take a look at maybe some smaller names here and see if, uh, to your point, you know, we, we get, um, you know, some... That's a, maybe an unknown player here. It sounds like that's kind of what we have in the past couple of years, but that's interesting. So let's dive into the draw a little bit. Um, you know, we'll take a start here on the top half. We've got Julia Gorgeous here. Um, not too much opposition from her. Um, what are you seeing in this in this top half? I, I know there was a name that stuck out to you at first. Yep, I've already placed it. I placed it while we were doing our little show prep, and that's Donna Vecic at 25-1. to 1. Um, obviously, she would have to go through Gorgas, and in uh, my little bracket I filled out, uh, it would be Siniakova, but Siniakova, um, you know, has kind of got a tough round. She's going to go against either Petkovic or AVU. She's able to go past Larson, and then most likely she'll be going against uh, Suarez Navarro or Babos. She might not necessarily make it there, but at 25 to 1, um, I think Vetches has a ton of value here. We don't know exactly what we're getting from Gorgas. Um, and if she's able to beat Gorgas, I don't see any reason why she can't win this tournament unless she runs into a very, very um, fit and motivated Muguruza or maybe uh, Georgie. But I can't imagine Georgie doing well uh, two weeks in a row. It just seems like it's too much tennis. So Muguruza is the one that I'm worried about on this future. But if I'm able to get to the finals at 25-1, to 1, I'm so hedgeable 
that I'll be I'll be loving life. But um, let's see if she can get past Gorgish. But at twenty five to one, I think that she's by far um, the best value that the Luxembourg Absolutely, outright totally offers. Agree. Looking at some, you know, so another way to think about this is you look through the names and kind of see where everybody sits. And you know, Donna Vekic at the same odds as Kirsten Flipkins, uh, Pekovic, Gasparian, um, actually at at worse odds than Yastremska, Nicolescu, Babos. That just that doesn't make any sense at all. There's a lot of value there, 25 to one. So I'm totally on board with it there. Um, the only other thought that I really have, kind of on this top half, curious to see, you know, motivated Pekovic is she able to beat Van Udvank in the first round, Siniakova in the second round, maybe make a little bit of noise, um, and possibly meet Vekic there in the um, quarterfinals. So that'll be interesting there on the top half. Um, so let's take a look actually at the bottom half a little bit too here. Couple names, you know, Vera Lapko playing some nice tennis here for the last couple months. But you know, again, from an odds perspective, twenty-five to one, same as Vekic. So you're not getting the same caliber player for, for the same odds. So nothing to see there. You'll have Camilla Georgie there um, coming off her her win. You know, a, a great player, someone we'd love to bet on. But you know, I know you and I tend not to like to bet players to win back-to-back matches. Um, you keep going down, Margarita Gasparian, another player that would be really, really great to bet. But at twenty-five to one, you know, in the same half as. Uh, Garbina Muguruza, who I'm really tempted to bet, but you know, four and a half to one, that's probably just about the right price. Um, you know, I know we were talking about maybe trying to find some, some younger players here that could possibly pop and make some noise. You know, you got Djokovic again at 50 to one. I know we gave that out last week and kind of went up in flames in the first round, but um, you know, <laughs> she does. And she's in the first round matches against one of your favorite I players know. in Kozlova. Who, who has pretty yeah, good hard-court yeah, numbers, she right? she can make it out of that, I guess she's got to play Gaspari, and it's, it's tough, you know. So this bottom half, actually, you know, as I look at it, there's a lot of talent here, and, and we could have some interesting matchups. So what are you seeing in the bottom? Anybody you like? Anything that sticks out? Uh, not from a value betting perspective, but probably from a tune in and hope that it's actually streamed on WTA TV perspective. There's going to be a bunch of great matches. Uh, first round, uh, Gasparian and Sakaria. I think that's a great, great matchup. And for, um, you know, for picking this in the summer, right? I mean, I'm, I'm just putting Sakaria in there blindly, not even thinking about it. But current form, Sakaria's kind of uh, regressed. Um, since her nice little run this summer in America, and Gasparian's really picked it up. Uh, favor uh, Gasparian in that one, but uh, it's really going to be a good uh, test for her either way. Um, even you know this at this level, Sakari offers a lot of problems for her, and she's going to force her to, to win the match. She's not going to give her the match. Uh, always a fighter, don't have to worry about effort. What you do have to worry about is just kind of unforced errors and sprain, and then she does get down on herself when that happens. Um, also, second serve, we talk about it a lot, but it's not that strong. I can really see Gasparian uh, taking advantage of it. and it'll be, uh, That one can be a fun one because I can see her hitting some beautiful backhand down the lines, uh, one-handed backhands with the uh, if she starts floating that second serve. Like you said, uh, or like I said, just said, Djokovic uh, versus Kozlova. Um, you know, for us that really are into this and trying to find value in these dogs and learning these up-and-coming players, I think that's going to be a great match to watch. I think it's... Uh, two players that really have, uh, you know, a lot of upset potential. I'm not saying all oh, these, you know, they might be like winning Grand Slams or something that day, but, uh, you know, someday. But they definitely, for going into 2019, I can see us hitting these uh, women at plus money a lot of times and, and, and being happy with the results because I think they have the ability to beat a lot of the top players, especially when we're looking at smaller tournaments and motivation might be the key. Interesting thing will be see how Yastrzemska follows up 
um, her win, like we talked about with Georgie earlier, sometimes, you know, it's very fatiguing to win the tournament. Uh, probably have a little party too, right? Especially for someone like her. This is a, you know, yep, absolutely. I think it's her first tournament win. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You know, probably a little bit of partying. Um, maybe we'll get, you know, another iconic photo with her family. Like, see, that seemed to make her popular. That's the first way I knew her was <laughs> with her little family photo with, <laughs> with her dad and her mom. And they just look like the coolest people on the planet or whatever. Um, so I, I, li- I like this draw a lot from a... Um, uh, from a viewership perspective on the bottom half, I, w- I don't think I'm going to be betting as far as an outright perspective, but in the first round, I think that with, at the, the low money, I'll be backing Gasparian, and um, I'll probably be looking in to get a, um, a side on uh, Jakubovic and Kozlovo, but I'm not sure where yet. I'm sure we'll discuss it, and um, and we'll probably put that one out on Twitter too if we can go ahead and find one. Uh, just per chance, do you happen to have uh, their numbers close by for the Jack Jakubowicz and Kozlova? Actually, yeah, and I can continue to talk about some other things while we do that. Lapko's got some good hardcore numbers, and she'll be going against uh, Whithoff To honestly, we haven't said her name much uh, for a while now. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if she can get it together. Obviously, cost her some points if she can't. Um, so, and then, uh, interesting to see as a seated player, Pauline Parmiente, not, uh, too often that I see her as a seated player. So <laughs> interesting to see how she does. I think she's got kind of a, um, around the same, you know, level player in Golubich. I think that she should be able to beat her in the first round, but, um, kind of interested to see her name there. Yeah, so looking at, and, um, yeah, looking at Djokovic, like Kozlova, you know, not a ton of, of data yet really on Djokovic, um, but looking at her, you know, pretty decent player on hard courts, averages about plus half a game. Um, but Kozlova a little better, plus one, one and a half games here. So I think that I'll probably actually be leaning Kozlova. I've got her picked in my little bracket. Um, let me see if I have, we have any odds here on her yet. Um, yeah, so looking at that right now, we've got Kozlova minus 125, I'm seeing, and Djokovic plus 105. That, that actually looks lined pretty correctly to me, and there might actually even be just a, a slightest bit of value on Kozlova. I would actually expect that to be close to maybe like 135, 140, but probably not a big enough dip, you know, value to make a move. Hmm, interesting. Well, I might do a little quarter unit or half unit on, and... Uh and hopefully be streaming this thing. Hint, hint, WTA. And the interesting one, I'm glad that you mentioned that, Paula Parmentier and, and uh, Golubic here. Um, Parmentier, to, a seated player, I don't know, that doesn't make any sense on earth to me. Um, you know, 16 to tw- 16 and 21 in, in the sample I have for her hard courts here, you know, minus half a game, um, whereas Golubic, 15 and 18, you know, again, a losing record, but averaging plus half a game. So her losses are, are actually pretty close and her wins have been pretty solid. So what I actually see here is is a good opportunity to grab Golubic uh, at plus 110. Uh, Parmentier at minus 145 seems kind of outrageous to me. Definitely. I don't. I couldn't see wagering on Parmentier. I might lay off uh, Golubic too because I haven't been impressed with her that much. I'm actually surprised when you tell me that her numbers yeah. Um, yeah, losing, losing record. Court, so but that's not what I'm seeing. And win more games than she loses, which is interesting. I'll be, I have to dig into the head-to-head too. And that's why it's fun the way we do it because I, I a lot of times just off certain matches, obviously I'm not able to watch every match of every player. So the ones I do see obviously make an impression on me. And sometimes, um, you know, my smaller sample size of what I watch isn't meeting up with the numbers that you have. So um, really, you know, 
uh, great resource in a great way that I, I feel like, you know, working with you has definitely helped me this year in doing that because uh, it's something I might have overlooked. But definitely have to look into that. And if I do get a chance to see one of her matches, I'm going to really try and figure out why. Uh, I'm ranking her so low when the numbers yeah. she's a little you know, Don't just trust the numbers, guys. i got to dig into the head-to-head. I don't know if, if they've ever played each other. Or, you know, look at each the last month for each player and, and see kind of really where they are. Um, but, you know, again, having, a, having a, a, a set of numbers, even a power ranking or something like that to keep, you know, just to have a... Um, as the base guide there is always helpful. So just a couple thoughts there on some first-rounders. Oh, I think it's great. I think a lot of times it's allowed me to lay off bets that I was making off a of heart or, you know, small sample size. Hey, I saw her play great, like, two matches ago. You know, I really want to support her. And then you're just saying, oh, wait, hold on. Let's check these numbers, you know. You know, everyone can have a good day, you know, just like in the NBA. Like, you know, any of those guys can drop 30 every night, but they're not going to do it every night, you know. So, um kind of keeps me from getting overexcited off uh, maybe good performances I have yep. I, I've seen. At the same time, you know, the numbers show me stuff and I'll send you something and you're going to go, nope, nope, that's not how that, that doesn't make any sense, that's not real. So, you know, guys, it's a combination of two things. you got to use your head and, and, and your eyes a little bit, but um, looking at maybe one more first round matchup in Luxembourg since we're, we're touching on those. Van Utvank Pekovic, who do you think's favored? Oh, off the top of my head, I would have to say Pekovic. So what do you think the line then would be? So like Pekovic, like minus 120? Like minus so 135? Got minus 155, Pekovic plus 110. Yep. Really? That's what I'm looking at on Movada right now, and I, I kind of agree. Um, I don't know if I'd make Pekovic. Are the numbers, do the numbers no, reflect that that's so how it should Bank be? has some better performances. Um, let me just double check exactly what, what we're looking at here. Um, I got a pulse there. Yeah, so Van 14 quick. and 10 in my sample size, you know, plus 1.8 game on average, which is pretty good. Pekovic, um, you know, 12 and I think 16, it looks like, with right around break even. But, you know, from form and, and kind of how Van Eubanks played the last couple months, and, you know, maybe it's just me remembering watching that match where she just. Ugh, my God, she fell apart. She was so sad to watch lose to Georgie so easily. Um, that's that's one I'm going to have to dig in a that's little a bit That's a tough more. matchup for her, though. Georgie's a tough matchup for her, though, because Georgie really uh, smashes the ball, and she doesn't have... Um she doesn't have the movement to keep up with her. And so basically it's just she's got to hit more winners in Georgie or hope that Georgie makes mistakes. And Georgie didn't make mistakes, obviously. I'm looking at the head-to-head, and it's that uh, Petkovic has won their only meeting. But that was in 2015. Yeah, I'll we'll toss that one out. So that. a little more research to be done there. Look at kind of the recent form of each. But, yeah, I, I think you described exactly kind of what happened in that match. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, Georgie did really just kind of hit the ball past to AVU a whole bunch of times and just – it was really frustrating to watch holding a Van Udvang ticket, watching just kind of stand and watch ball after ball go flying by her. But maybe an interesting opportunity here to get plus money on Pekovic. But yeah, the players that Georgie struggles against are usually the movers that are going to force her to hit two or three winners in a row. And then uh, I know that sometimes she can get frustrated when she hits balls that you know would be winners against Van Udvang, and then you know someone like Kerber or someone that's just super fast and just keeps bringing them back. And I know she'll get frustrated and then she'll start spraying. But against a player like Van Utvank or, you know, Fliskova, not a best mover, you know, she just that first winner and she's able to just get it in and then kind of walk back and, you know, act cool and look cute or whatever. She, that's when she does well. So I uh, definitely like the matchup for her there. Any other first-round matchups you want, you want to hit here while we're, while we're finishing up um, 
with Luxembourg. Nothing else really stuck out as interesting to me. A lot of big favorites that kind of make sense. But anything else you wanted to touch on? Yeah. No, not nothing from the first round. I Indeed. said we move on to Moscow. Unfortunately, um, I'm flipping through and I'm hitting refresh. We don't have any um, outright numbers on the matchups in Moscow yet. The draw just came out, I think, early this morning. So um, we'll just be talking around some rough numbers. I Thank know. God we have a draw, though. I think with the draw, I think with the yeah, draw we we'll have enough. Some round so we have and, enough to basically yeah, identify we'll what we some want. Round numbers and stuff, but um, we'll be able to put together a little history here and see kind of some of the past winners spread. Yeah, so here's uh, this is very interesting actually. Um, a little more fun than Luxembourg. So the Kremlin Cup basically started right after um, uh, the end. Uh, God, it's called Glasnost. It was basically, you know, when communism ended in the Soviet Union, they kind of opened their doors, you know, and started embracing capitalism a little bit. So I, from a historical perspective, I think it's kind of interesting, um, you know, that this is kind of, you know, where, you know, sports and politics and real life uh, intersect. But, you know, it was the ability of, you know, Western culture to kind of come over and, and uh, you know, make an impact and, and start to be, you know, this is, you know, it's a part of making our world more international. And so, um, you know, the Kremlin Cup had a lot to do with it. And a lot of players ended up going over there. And, you know, obviously, um, it's probably hard for younger people to understand. But, uh, I mean, we really had views of how things were in Russia, you know, as a kid, <laughs> you know, because of propaganda and everything and, and things like that, you know, how they lived over there. And, and for people to find out, hey, this is a pretty good country and some of these people are pretty good, uh, good people too. Um, really, I thought we, you know, just great just for uh, overall international and politics and stuff. I don't want to get too much into that, but very interesting on that thing if we're gonna actually look into um past winners here um russians have done very well here remember this is a premier 470 so there'll be 470 points available a little more than the international in luxembourg which is why uh more of the top players prefer to play here and i'd mentioned it earlier not sure why gorgas is not defending her title here um uh, maybe if i look through some quotes or something i can find out not aware right now but last year she beat uh dasha kasakina um, six one six two fairly easily, and then the the three years before that we had Russian players winning with uh, Kuznetsova winning in two thousand fifteen, two thousand sixteen, and Pavlyuchenkova, who we'll be talking about a lot in this tournament because I know that we uh, expect big things from her this week. She won in two thousand fourteen and uh, two thousand twelve with Caroline Wozniacki, and two thousand thirteen with Simona Halep. So you can see that the big names have attracted, uh, you know, are coming to this tournament. It's pretty much the end of the year for a lot of these players the you know a couple will go on to singapore a couple of the lower ones will try and sharpen their skills on the itf but to me um this is pretty much the end of the year we got a couple internationals after this but um a lot of players will shut it down after this one or just get ready for singapore so very interesting tournament Absolutely. and i'm really so looking forward into to the it. draw here um, right at the top we have uh, simona halep who you know struggling with some back issues seen some pictures of her hitting some balls saying she feels good but um as a number one seed can't real f really feel too confident there um you know now two of the names that we saw really in the top half that we liked uh anastasia pavlyuchenkova and daria kasakina um both playing some nice tennis these last few months and really in a good position to make some noise in this tournament um so what number are you looking for for those two? I know that you like both of them and kind of like their setup. Uh, but from a value perspective, what would you need to place a ticket um, with Pavel Yuchenkova or Kasukina here? 
Uh, I'm looking. At, I'd like to get at least fifteen to one on both. I think for Pavlyuchenkova, I can all I can say with certainty that it'll be available. I can imagine her being more than um, eighteen or twenty to one. It'll be really interesting to see when these come out. But at more than fifteen to one, I'd like to take both. One thing I'd like to say is on recent form, though, uh, Pavlyuchenkova is playing a lot better than Kasikina. Um but Kasekina traditionally has done well in this tournament, and um, I know a lot of these Russian players really get into it. This is like their Super Bowl. Um, so I expect full full effort from both women, and Kasekina is already a fighter, so uh, you double that down, I really think that she's got um, she's got a good chance to make noise here, and if things go out as we expect, they will be met meeting up there. That's the only bad part about taking both. Um, so I might just off recent form uh, take Pavlyuchenkova, but part of me just says take both because if the numbers are both above fifteen to one, it doesn't really matter to me who wins that. I'll have a, a fifteen to one going in, you know, which would have made it seven and a half to one. Um, you know, if I take both going into uh, the next round, but I wouldn't mind that spot at all. I don't really. I'm not going to buy the help healthy until I see it. I think that she's getting her performance fee, er, appearance fee here. And uh, I'm not ne necessarily expecting the best Simona Halep. Um, so I, on the top half, I think that uh, Pavlyuchenkova and Kasekina are the way to Absolutely go as far as that right. there. I would be hoping for a little better number than 15 to 1, to be honest. Um, 20 to 1 for either, I, I would be all over. But I think at 15 to 1, I'd definitely like Pavlyuchenkova. And if I did have to pick one, that would be the one I'd pick. She's been playing some really nice tennis lately. Right, and if it wasn't in Moscow, we could guarantee that we're going to get those. I just think that the, because both women have had success here in the past, they might uh, take take that into account and uh, and and knock the number. The other names we're seeing there in the top half. So you're looking toward the bottom of the top half. You know, Kiki Burton's not really playing her best. Um, Alexandra Sosnovich, a good player, but um, not someone we're really super thrilled, I think, to get behind. And Elise Mertens, who, like we said, possibly injured here. Um, and a tough, frankly, first-round match with, with Joanna Conta. Um, actually, now that I'm looking at it, I'm kind of wondering what price I would want on Conta. Um, do you have any interest in maybe looking at her if, if you got a decent number? I have no interest in Joanna Conta right now. Um, she's fired her coach again. This is the third time in three years. Um... No, I, Conta I'm not going to look at until next year. Uh, I want to see who, who becomes her coach. I don't even know if she has a coach for this tournament. I don't know if, if, if the guy's lame duck coaching her or she'll just be there by herself. I don't think she's hired someone new yet. Um, so really, it's been a disappointing season for Conta, and I'm thinking that you know she's here, appearance fee, grab some points maybe if she gets a chance. But against Mertens, if Mertens is healthy, I don't expect her to beat um, the way that Mertens is playing. Uh, currently, uh, really no interest in content until next year. I want to see if she can get herself together, and she needs to get a coach and, and hopefully stick with it. It's funny how this this coaching carousel goes uh, in WTA. It's almost like you know these coaches only stick with these players for a season, and I wonder how much um, they can really get done. And I almost wonder if you know you have a spot where you know you have three coaches in three different years. I mean, how much is that really messing you? It just seems like it would be a, a hindrance to the development, you know, like in other sports, you know. We'll talk about a quarterback. Oh, he had three different offensive coordinators in three years. Well, that's tough, and obviously it's not learning a system like football, but, if, you know, these coaches are going to be coming in, making certain changes, this and that. I mean, I wouldn't want to get uh, my forehand or my serve changed three times in three years. So unless they're just coming in for, for tactics and, and strategy, which I think they should be doing a lot more than, especially with a lot of these women um, who, you know, you can see need help with their service form, you know, <laughs> 
it's just I, I'm, I have no interest in contact. All right, well, we'll stay right away from that. Um, she. <laughs> and of course, because I say that, she'll probably make she's, the semifinals. She's just a but <laughs> she has some really good um, numbers, you know. Um, a, a, yeah, she has fantastic. great hard court numbers. Sixteen plus two point six games, you know, plus two point six games. Um, there's pretty much, you know, the only players that are really better than that, you know, Caroline Pliskova plus two point eight, and Simona Halep is is even only plus two and a half on hard. So, um, a top notch player, but you know, good to get those notes on form. And um, I'll probably stay away from her if we do get a big juicy number, which we won't, given her name. Maybe I'll think about it. But you know, if that pops at twenty to one or, or better, which again, it won't. Um, Maybe I'll sprinkle a little bit on it. But let's dive into the bottom half where we have Sloane Stevens, um, who seemed to be a little more interested in playing tennis last week. Um, you know, always tough to, to bet on Sloane or just to try to figure out what she's going to do in Asia. But looks to have a pretty good position here in the bottom half. What do you think, Spread? Yes, she does. Um, by names, it looks really easy. The thing that I worry about is that she might run into a couple Russians in a row. And like I said earlier, they're so motivated to play here um, in front of their home fans. I mean, it's, you know, playoff, Super Bowl, whatever you, whatever uh, bad sports analogy you want to make. Um, that would be my main concern. But um, as far as, you know, just like we talked about earlier, kind of blind fades on Ladenovich before Sloan was a blind fade in Asia. I don't think so. I think she's here, you know. Um, she's here to play. Obviously, we haven't seen the best results from her. Um, but I definitely wouldn't cut her out. And by name, she has a very easy draw. If it wasn't for the fact they were playing at home, you know, you can almost just circle her um, into the quarterfinals. But it'll be interesting to see. Makarova has, has done well here in the past. And then, um, you know, her round after that matchup, could, you know, would be either Kontovite, Potapova, Mladenovic or Kalinskaya, who actually I expect that will be back in as an underdog a lot in 2019. I don't know if this is her spot yet. Um, but between, um, I, I would really favor Sloan over Mladenovic a lot. But I think that Kontovate and Potapova both have uh, the game to give Sloan some problems. And in fact, I think Kontovate had a great match with Sloan about two yeah, or three weeks did. ago, yeah, if I remember correctly. Um, so that would be fun to get that rematch. But honestly, I, I wouldn't be surprised if... Uh, Potapova was able to take out Kontovite here in the first round. It'll be round. interesting. I think there's a lot of um, basically every trouble spot for Sloan probably ends up kind of taking care of itself. You've got Makarova there. She'll probably be playing after the bye. That shouldn't be any too much of a problem. Like you said, Potapova could beat Kontovite. Kalins Kalinskaya could do something goofy. And, you know, I think Sloan takes care of whoever we've got there and, and puts herself in a nice position to make, worst case, the semifinals and probably the finals. So what number would you look for on, on Sloan when these, when these come out? I don't think we'll get it, but if I wanted, I'd probably want at least eight to one just because of her uh, problems before, and I, I don't see us getting it. I think she's going to be in the four and a half, five to one range. I don't see any, um, I don't really see any value in Sloan on, from the outright perspective, and um, I would be looking more to just uh, back her in the individual matches, and if she does look like she's... Um, Rolling, she's one that can cover spreads because she serves so well and she's got a great return. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. You know, if we if we're lucky enough to get eight to one, that sounds great. But you're right, it's going to pop at three, four, maybe even five, five and a half to one. Um, now, looking at a couple other names here in the bottom, I want to touch on. We got Carolina Pliskova, just lost a tough final to Caroline Garcia. Maybe a little fatigue, but someone always to keep an eye on. And then Anastasia. Uh, depending on who you are, Sevastova or Sevastova uh, <laughs> is, is playing some nice tennis these last couple of weeks. Any interest in either one of them? 
at Sevastava at more than 25 to 1. I think it's worth a look. Um, Pliskova, no. I, look, back-to-backs, I'm not really big on it. That's why Caroline Garcia was so crazy on the Asian swing last year for her to win Wuhan and Beijing because it just doesn't happen. I mean, it's almost like you can, uh, you know, first or second round loss coming off these big tournaments. It's a lot of tennis. Um, and the level these women play at nowadays, uh, the type of rallies, how hard they hit the ball. I mean, it's, I'm not, it's not surprised that they get so fatigued. The amount of travel that they do, uh, the length of the tour now. So I'm not really interested in Pliskova at all, or Pliskova, excuse me. Uh, I like Sevastova better um, as far as an outright perspective. But like I said, I, I think I'd have to get more 20, 22 to 1, 25 to 1, somewhere around there. I'll be interested to see when the number comes out. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I, I would like Sevastova 20 to 1 or, or better even. Um, 25 would be great. I would definitely be looking to, to bet that. But, um, yeah, Pliskova is going to be tough, tough to, to stay away from. But at the same time, I don't think we're going to get a number there. So um, any other thoughts here on Moscow before we wrap things up? Yeah, I, one fun first-round match that I think we could go over. We, you know, we talked about her a lot. And, we, you know, I'll be putting the outright on her, you know, most likely. And I would not be surprised if she lost in the first round. And that's Pavlyuchenkova playing against a very, very informed Tom Jonovich. And if Tom Jonovich had a different style draw, um, I would I would actually be interested in backing her just uh, off the way she's playing. I don't think she can win the tournament, but I think your head potential would be huge if she, she can win a couple rounds because I don't think that she would be um, too high on the, uh, you know, I think you get a lot of good value there for her, but I just don't like the draw. That's the only reason I'm not doing it. Um, but it's going to be a great match against her against Pavlyuchenkova in the first round. Um, so that will be definitely one to keep an eye out on. And another fun first round match will be um, two women that kind of had very good summers and then for uh, different reasons have fallen off, and that's uh, Sasnovich and Buzernesco. Now, we know the reason that Buzernesco fell off was that horrific ankle injury that she's still recovering from. Um, at, her, at her top form, I think that Buzernesco has a game to beat Sasnovich. I like Sasnovich as an underdog. I think that you get a lot of value in her because she's a solid player that, ha- that can show flashes of brilliance, and therefore she's uh, capable of upsetting people, which is why, you know, all summer I was backing her as an underdog at plus money. I was loving it. Um, and, and I probably will stay off this match because, like I said, Buzernescu at her best is so crafty, plays so well, changes pace, and really, you know, has the game to really frustrate, especially younger players that kind of just want to bang the ball back and forth. Um, but it'll be interesting if she's 100% yet because I didn't really feel that she was. Um, even if her body's 100% healthy, I don't think her game's back yet. But if her game's back, she could make some noise. I'm not interested in, in backing her from an outright perspective, but I will be interested in, in backing her as an underdog if I see that she is um, back to form and she's able to sneak past Sastovich. That's awesome. So that's just about all I have here. So um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Like I mentioned, reach out to us on Twitter. You can find uh, Spread at Spread Astaire, myself at underscore noops, and, of course, the podcast at NetworthWTA. You know, give us a follow. Um, and if you can, you know, whatever podcast app you're using, please give us a, a review, a rating. Let us know how we're doing. Um, but looking forward to another great week of tennis. Any football locks before we go? Uh, no, I don't have any locks for football. I'm a purely recreational NFL better, so um, 
I'll let you give out some, though, if you've got some. Oh, I think you just bet all the underdogs blindly on the money. <laughs> so I don't know what I'm doing either. So the good news is probably no one will get this in time to do anything actionable with it. So thanks. Yeah, that's true. Well, thanks for getting up early, Spread. I appreciate it, buddy. Have a great week. Sounds good. I'll talk to you next week. And uh, to all the listeners, good luck with all your wagers.